Welcome, everybody, to Diphoria, the special NAEU crossover podcast. Uh, I'm Dracos, joined by Dagda, joined by Mark Z. Um, Mark Z with <laughs> several cups. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, just, you're, just, you're a chemist. All right, you're fine. Um, anyway, if you're new to this, we're going to be having three episodes over the course of this tournament. This is going to be the first episode. We'll be covering stage one, we'll stage two, and a stage three episode. Um, don't worry if you're a fan of Azale and Kobe, they'll be joining in future episodes. Uh, for this episode, we'll be talking all about stage one, some group predictions. We have a uh, special interview with Froxen, who is the lead on the balance team. He's going to talk to us about the patches coming up and some other cool stuff, too. Um, and additionally, wherever you would normally get the dive or euphoria, it will still be available there. Just so you know, because normally I do like Spotify, iTunes, blah, 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 but I have no idea where the dive is published. I couldn't tell you either. To <laughs> Christ, I was going to ask, but I knew you probably weren't the guy to ask. I think we're on anchor.fm yeah, slash the dive. dive. Sure. It could be uh, wrong. Wherever you normally get your normal digestive dose of podcast, it's there. We'll it's, tweet it too. Just follow our it, Twitter. It'll just yeah. follow our Twitters. What's your Twitter? Pump. Pimp it out right now. This is Twi- the time. Twitter.com slash Lee Mark Z with two and E's. Yeah. Dag to cuss. All right. Yeah. Daniel Dracos. One word. There we go. We'll just have Post throw in some lower thirds too. Yeah. I love signing graphics just, uh, teams up for things that they, yeah, decide they did not agree to. Yeah, we'll fix that in Post. Yeah. Can you just, I, hope uh, it, I hope it's just a lower third that says no. It's fine. That joke would have been way better if my face look, just looked like an orangutan. Can we just can, get can that? Can you post? guys just uh, replace me with a VR model? Yeah. Oh, VTuber podcast. VTuber podcast. We talked about this. It turns out it's expensive. I want to be Rengar. You want to be Rengar? Just get a little Rengar? Yeah. Rengar. Yeah, and why'd you do yeah. it? You could have uh, Ivern Rengar, and you put some dots on my face if it helps. And, and you get a little <laughs> eye patch. <laughs> all right, all I'm saying, right, games. If you could unlock the budget for the VTuber podcast, we'd appreciate it. That's that's my starting point. Uh, but this is it's time for MSI. So for those of you who don't know, it's the same MSI format as last year. Stage one, three groups playing against each other. Uh, double round robin. In the case of Group C, which is shorter group, as the LCL is unable to participate. Um, they're going to be playing a quadruple round robin, which Let's is go. sick because that's the NAEU group and Os. Sorry, Os. Um, <laughs> sucks is what it is. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be cool. But to kick things off, I think overall, let's talk about tournament favorites. Let's just go hot and heavy. Who's winning? Who's winning the whole thing? And why is it EG? And what the? <laughs> oh. fuck? What? Are you just- <laughs> That was not the direction it's not like going at all. This is why this is, you're going, we're saying we're shipping you back. This, this, this model's defective. This model, yeah, give it, where, where's the other one? Where's 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 the bald one? Or the or the, or the tattooed one? I need my other I dive no, pun. No, st- I just <laughs> no definitive features, just the amorphous white guy. <laughs> payment payment. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I laughed at that one too much. Anyway, uh, talking about actual, fa- I guess I'll go first. I'll just, I'll, I'll call out the one that's easy and obvious. So there's this guy uh, named Faker, and he's pretty good. Yeah. And he's not even the best player on his team, and their team <laughs> is the, very good. He might the be the worst player, player on time, his team, and he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, definitely is the least flashy these days, which is a crazy situation to be in. So I, I'm going to say right now, for me. Coming into this tournament, T1 feel like the free favorites. And that's not because of like the win streak or whatever, even though that is very impressive because I just don't know how much that matters internationally. But they're just, they've got the clout. They've got the history. I'm a big Guma fan. I'm a big owner fan. I'm a believer. I'm a believer in T1. Thoughts, T1. 
Um, just to make Dagda feel bad, I'll agree. Thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> I want the LPL to feel isolated because they might win. They, they, they've had <laughs> that on it's, a, it's, it's happened. Shout it's, who it's wants been a twice. pretty incredible streak for them, so I don't want to give them any more. Yeah, this is what I mean. Everyone's just like, ah, oh, you know, LPL are never going to be the number one. I'm like, we've won six of the last eight tournaments that have gone international. And every single time you come in, it's like, oh, well, it was damn one in MSI 2021. It's damn one in uh, Worlds 2021. And then LPL slaps them. And every time we're like, LPL doesn't get the respect it deserves. I'm like, when do we eventually decide that it's going to be all right? I don't know, man. It's hard. I grew up, you know, on Korean League of Legends. I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's like just you, like you can't, so many can't get it out of their head. Yeah, I mean, like it's Faker, you know, yeah. and it, if, if it's Shaker or Showmaker. And I think that you're right. Like, I think yeah. that's a super fair call out because you're right. The, the LPLs continue to show up. And I think that what's weird to me is that logically I know that the fact that the LPLs is not consistently is the sending region. the same teams. Well, yeah, one, logically I know that based on results, they should be considered the better region. And two, the fact that they're not sending the same team over and over again is an indication of a stronger region, yeah. right? Especially because you see so many of these teams at MSI, so many of these smaller regions especially send literally the same team every year um, to, you know, more or less uh, not a lot of success. But f for whatever reason in my head, I'm like, I just, I think it's my bias is I need one person to win over and over again so that my brain can <laughs> confirm that that person is good. And in the case of Danwon, as they were just winning all the time, or T1, as they have historically won all the time, it's really easy for me to go, ah, yeah, they're the favorites because I've seen it so many times before. And to be fair to RNG, I've, we've seen RNG win a lot too, but in the interim periods when they're not winning, they look kind of booty. So yeah. it's, look, it's hard. It's I hard. LPL put some respect on it, all right? <laughs> look, I just think we have to give the LPL due respect. Uh, I do think it's going to be T1. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, oh, man, that's <laughs> You absolutely, we, we, we prepared, we prepared even, because the dad is like, I'm going to talk about why LPL is good as yeah. And I'm like, that's a good point. And yeah. I like went home and I had like a philosophical debate with myself. I'm like, am I a bias caster? Well, like, no. I was, I was ready to be biased. I was ready to go in about like, oh, Dagda, here's why you're wrong. Because like so many times Faker's had to put it on his back and do this. And yeah, now yeah. he's got this backup and Carrie is a monster and like they can control the game. And, and, and now, now you just agree. <laughs> See, I think like there is a bit of a justification, right? Because for LPL, I always look and I go, I think we've got so many teams that like specialize in one set, like certain spot. I think you end up being tested a lot more in a ton of different areas, right? Mm -hmm. Like you look at top esports and they're like, oh, this is the crazy early game team. You have to beat yeah. them, or at least we have to match them at that level if you want to be able to win against them. Then you look at like RNG, for example, who are really good at how they play the map and how they play the, the mid game. It's like, okay, well, can you catch up with that? And then when we had EDG, when they won Worlds last year, it was like, this is the crazy objective team and really good team fights and you have to be able to master that strategy to beat them so we kind of end up with these teams that are really really good across the board because they've had to play against these specialists but um i think the problem is that as we kind of looked at like lpl finals rng's biggest issue is their early game and you look at t1 and their biggest strength is their early game so that's where i'm kind of like yeah i i think that will make it a hype matchup. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're in the, the rumble stage. So it'll be a while before they're in the, or yeah. we're in the group stage. It'll be a while before the rumble stage. Actually yeah. See them toe off. But like, I, I think the global diversity of play style has led to some stuff like this, where some teams like in NA, it was like the orange show, baby. Can anyone punish Orn? He's giga broken. <laughs> I, I mean, mean fair, I like it, me more, but it's the same thing in EU. I mean, broken blade just kept pulling out Orn, and people yeah, were clearly yeah. under, had underestimated that pick. Yeah. So, so there's a question right now about like, is everyone just not punishing it or like is slower with like the jinx Orn kind of more scaling option. Actually that I'm not going to, I came across the LEC to do some of the guest appearances and I was like, where's Trindamir? 
Why does Trinder not exist in this region? It feels like you've got all these little pocket metas that I think are going to be really interesting to say when they actually meet up against each other. Yeah, like the Caitlyn was one that... yeah. It was super popular in LCK, and it's like, is Caitlyn just going to crush every bot lane from well, them? So here's the problem, is that it turns out that in the West, our supports can't play Karma good. Uh, <laughs> or Lux <laughs> good. Or Lux very good. Like, they're all right. Don't get me wrong. I'm no flame to any of the people who have played that champion. But uh, from talking to players on, like, playing in the Korean ladder, they're like, Korean supports are built different. And I, these players don't get the chance to play on, like, the Ionia server or whatever. So maybe it's the same thing with the LPL supports or the LPL players who are playing on the Korean ladder. But, like... Just when the average Korean solo queue support and high elo is like doing stuff that makes you go, oh shit, Korean players are nuts. It scares me for when the actual pro players are going to show up and like, you know, blast us with range supports. Because it is, it's hard. Admittedly, I understand why it's hard. You play Leona and you int the lane away, you're still Leona. You play Karma and you int the lane away, you're like, you're not even a champion anymore you're you're walking ward you're you're like a 300 hundred yeah. dollar bag of gold with like a face drawn on with a sharpie you know like that's like all <laughs> you are me. Yeah. yeah like you kick me sign on the back you yeah, know yeah. like so i i don't know i'm just i'm nervous for the west that's what i will say but i yeah i think the regional meadows are going to be cool like, like three patches though so how much yeah. of the stuff is actually going to be relevant is going to be the big question yeah i think you've got like a long enough period as well though because like i think like when you look at coming into groups, I think you've got a long time before a lot of the top teams are going to be pretty challenged. I think there's a couple of easy groups in there. Yeah. I think you've got a time to kind of see what other people are up to and kind of figure it out. Um, but I think the, the big one for me is like mid-jungle kind of sticks around kind of the same level. So yeah. I think at least you've got your core still down. It's kind of the picks around that that have changed. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, yeah. like the support meta, I don't think is going to change yeah. a, a ton. Like everyone's still going to be picking mostly tanks. Still like, engaged, still need tanks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think AD carries the big change with like Jinx getting hit base stat wise because the problem was like she was just a good laner and was insane at scaling yeah. and that, that's how felios was and then zary got hit as well and so i think ad carry can have knock-on effects uh for its role but sometimes it's also just like eh, just pick me whatever the strongest one is one two in the first rotation somewhere you know like whatever yeah. we'll have to see we'll have to find out uh so we have favorites but who's your who's your dark horse to really make a run at this tournament because like that when we talk about stage one this is the only stage the majority of these teams are going to see. Remember, it's top two in each group that uh, that go through here to make that top six that is the second group stage in this MSI format. Lots of group stages. Um, but who, who are you guys looking at outside of the, the easy top four, RNG, T1, G2, EG, to like make a deep run? Oh, outside even EG and, and G2. Well, I... Because I I would say that like I'm more curious about who's who are that five and six in Rumble stage and if you believe believe in those five and six to like take, take yeah games it's because there's like a pretty obvious like tier it's like yeah. the, the yeah. one two who's gonna win tier which is like <laughs> yeah. LPL and LCK yeah. and then it's like who's gonna make top four tier and it's like it's like you would expect EGG two right yeah. but that is actually where more of the upsets have happened was like a flash wolves of the past would would sure. take someone's spot or something like that so i think that actually is a good way to uh, pose dark horse now i need to think about it because i was yeah. thinking <laughs> i was thinking we're just gonna lay up slam dunk like g2 is the dark, dark horse, yeah. not a dark horse. <laughs> maybe like in terms of winning at all but yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I, that feels no i, I like your question more to me yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'll start off. I think Detonation Focus Me are probably the ones that I'm keeping my eye on. I actually think PSG talent, at least in playoffs, kind of fell off a little bit. Um, and I know from listening to a couple of interviews over there, they're actually struggling with communication a little bit on the team because yeah. they've got the Korean mid-jungle mm-hmm. and they're not finding ways to really successfully talk to each other. Um, 
And I think this is a tal PSG talent our team that super relies on the right AD carry. When AD carry is kind of getting hit a bit, you don't really have those late game scalers. I honestly think detonation focus me could rise up. And we've kind of seen them just like incrementally just getting better and better every time they show up in an international event. So I really think that this could be a time for uh, the Japanese team to show up. I yeah. think that's a yeah. that's a good point. I think that the big thing, obviously, is that they now finally get to play with uh, with Harp rather than having to play with their their coach Kazuo's support because they've now waited enough time that that's an option. They did lose their mid laner, which is a very big deal, but they have a new uh, Korean mid laner, which is hype. And obviously, Udafon Evi, iconic Japanese players, have been playing forever. I think that that, yeah, I, I could see them I, definitely making a run. I think that what's sad is that like I look at them. And I look at Saigon Buffalo as probably the next two best teams as the fifth and potentially sixth best team in this tournament because I agree that I'm not expecting a lot out of PSG talent. They don't look nearly as strong as they have in the past. And historically, wow. and you're in a top-heavy region like the PCS, even the LMS before it was super, super top-heavy, and you look shaky in your playoffs, that's like big red flag. Man, you guys are a bunch of doubters. <laughs> Unified, Kaiwing, Hanabi, they've, they've been good every time. I think uh, I, I can understand the rallying behind DFM, um, but for Saigon being number two in their region because Gam actually won, but they're That's true. To the Southeast Asian Games, and we'll, we'll get, I guess get into group predictions. I don't want to go too hard on yeah. this right now, but like DFM versus them is kind of the big question mark in Group A, um, and then I think PSG. I would still probably prefer PSG over either of those two, though. I, I would put PSG as, as the dark horse because I've seen Unified and Kai Wing. And you know, Hanabi pop off before they did it just last year. They yeah, made, they made that's top four. true. I mean, that's true. So I, I think yeah. they can do it. I just always feel bad for PCS because it always feels like the really good talent gets stolen. <laughs> You're just like, you look, <laughs> Maple's gone. This time. Doggo's on BLG. We got him. It's just like it just feels sorry for the rest. Like you get this incredible talent, and it's like, oh, they look good. Yeah, we'll take them. Yeah, unified yeah. the Maple. Like a yeah. lot of the people who did make that run, or excuse me, Doggo and Maple, yeah. who were in that run last year, are, are not there. This yeah, day, I mean, so. the, you talk about the flash. The flash wheels have made historic runs. It's like yes, until they were picked apart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, that guy's gonna coach this team. That guy's gonna go here, and then eventually go to north america the other one uh, other guys got going to north america it's like it's complicated you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. flashless players have a cycle first they go to the lpl then maybe they come they come back to the bcs maybe not and then they go to north america and those are the rules and i don't write the rules it's just that seems to be out that's where you go that's the cookie crumbles so congrats on Kai Wing. He will be the new TSM 80 carry yeah. in 2024, yeah. 2025. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Kai Wing supporting or North support, America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's good. I like his Leland a lot. Yeah. You know what? Come on down. Someone write him a check. That's, that's how it works in North America. I'll order one of those. That's how I feel every time I'm on a podcast and I'm really excited about a player and any NA analyst's eyes light up. I'm like, no, no, bad, 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 bad. But he's good. <laughs> no take. All right. Uh, I mean, it's cool that you have faith. I, I don't. I don't believe as much in this PSG talent roster. I'd be happy to be wrong. I, I like the P, uh, PCS a lot, and I really like the unified Kaiwing bot lane. Yep. So, I don't know. I guess I should say Vietnam, but they are the number two seed. I don't really believe that. I'm kind of on the dead yeah. FM train. So I'm <laughs> it, with you. It would be yeah. insanely hype if Japan, as a four pool, yeah, they're in pool yeah. four still. Riot. That's a, that's I mean, an eyebrow arc. That's an eyebrow own. one. Japanese esports, if for Riot Games, is just gonna like go nuts because they already did really well in Valorant. Oh and yeah, they could yeah. just pop off at MSI as well. But like, Bro. this would be sick. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The, so there's the dark horse, Dead FM, PSG, which is like not the boldest horse to be fair, Mark. Well, I think the the Dead FM callout is one that it's not super bold, but it would be insane still. Yeah, it's true. It's, We're not. No one's out here being like red cannons is going to make a deep run. None of us are that. Our horses yeah. are pretty. 
<laughs> pretty light, pretty light dark horse. I don't There's know not enough to... Brazilians watching this podcast for me to go out on a limb for. <laughs> <laughs> I pandered. Hey, if this is a Portuguese speaking podcast, it'd be like, look, I believe. Yeah, I'm really what's your Turkish believe. numbers like? Dude? Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a good point. Holy Phoenix, baby. All right, Been watching him since he was a kid. You know, <laughs> seen him. Let's Bro, go start strong. Three. Anyway, um, ferret. Really believe. Um, actually, I do believe in Sarah. We can talk about that. So, players. Let's talk about players. Let's actually let's do group predictions first, and then let's do players because we're we're okay. skirting around group predictions. So let's just jumble that up a bit. Yeah, and let's yeah. just go straight to group predictions. So let's should, let's start with the easiest group, which I think is Group B. Yeah. yeah. Does everybody agree that RNG is going to be number one in this group? <laughs> yeah. We're gonna yeah. Show of hands. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, it's like, I'm to be like, how little do you believe in the? Other? <laughs> SKT's better. No, so to be fair, better, I think me. RNG are probably the second best team in this tournament, but if you had a strong argument for them coming second in this group because they're just not going to care, but those are the only arguments uh, that I would entertain no, is that, like, they're just going to troll. That's, even them trolling, I think, is going to win. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, even RNG aren't ready a team to, sorry, RNG aren't ready a team to troll each event anyway, so yeah. I think it should be all right, yeah. So who's getting second? Group B, we all agree, RNG, but who's getting second? PSG. Wow, yeah. bold. Yeah. I yeah. also agree. Universally shared group <laughs> well, predictions. Excite yourself. Let's go, lads. <laughs> this is why this is the easy group is because Brazil and Turkey have not done well internationally thus yes. uh, in recent years. There's a period of time where they were like the hot teams for the wildcard regions of like, wow, you got to be careful around them. But it's, sure. it's, it's been a while since then. Yep. And to have both them in the same group, they do have a rivalry, which will be nice. But like, I just don't see them upsetting. I do actually really like the AD carries from this pool, though, because I think when you have, like, Holy Phoenix going up against, like, PSG Talon, who have Lira in their bot lane, even RNG have kind of, like, changed up their play style to play around bot side now as well. I think that's going to be super hype. Yeah. And if you end up, like, I could definitely see a world where, like, they just heavily all in on bot side, Holy Phoenix pops off, and you're just like, oh, we actually, we've got it's, an upset here. It's a lot of bot-focused teams. I yeah. mean, I, I watching uh, Istanbul Wildcats is so funny to me because they just, like, they're, and red cannons are very similar in the sense that they're just like top lane. You will island. You will, island, you <laughs> will give your life for a single CS for your AD carry. You will sit in bot lane for 40 minutes and you will prepare that silent queue so we can cheese this one play. Like these guys are top laners. I, they're like, they do not even get a vote on anything that's going to happen in the team. They are just, they exist. They do their job and nothing else. And you've got like, you've got red cannons who are going to funnel their AD carry. You've got Holy Phoenix who's going to play Samira, who's going to play Lucian. Yeah, it's uh, sick. You know, and that's like, it bot lane will be hype, I, which makes me think that maybe mid jungle is more important because if like <laughs> everyone's cracked in bot lane, maybe. But screw that. Let's just well, like bot lane's gonna be a banger. It, it is. Yeah, Chitan's been been great for most of the international tournaments he goes to, and yeah. I mean, I think the question since we're talking about like bot laners, like having these other ones in your pool that you you can potentially see, uh, because Chitan is like the the Jinx Ophelios guy. A lot of people are the Jinx Ophelios Turns guys out. Yeah. in this meta, uh, but I think people will be forced to branch out, and we'll get to see what t ends up taking over the meta. And how weird are they going to get to try to beat Galaming? Because I mean, that's yeah. the other thing yeah, that sucks. Is right. This is like. That's, I think, yeah. one of the main reasons that you can pretty confidently look at this group and go, yeah, RNG are number one. Like, And not yeah. that you couldn't anyway, but if there was ever a doubt in your mind, if you're like, oh, you know, uh, Ping or maybe like half their players are sick, if you're like looking for a reason, the reason that you can always come back and say RNG are coming out on top is you just look at like, oh, every bot lane is exciting. But one of those bot lanes is Gala Ming. You're like, <laughs> well, there we go. Got our right. answer. I do not give Ming Nautilus. Like, it's absolutely insane what that he can do in that yeah. champion. Like, 
the hooks that I've seen him pull off, not even just once, like consistently get the most busted hooks I've ever seen in my life. And that champion is insane. Like, when you, when you intentionally lollipop your, yeah, your hooks, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's actually so disgusting. When people actually yeah. know how to do it and it's not just like an accidental, wow, wow, wow it went behind the minion. Yeah. How did that <laughs> nasty, it, nasty stuff. Beast. All right. I mean, group B is pretty easy then. Um, let's go group. Should we go group C first or group A first? Do I need to like duck and cover for this group? Let's just do group C first. I think, <laughs> let's be honest. Spoiler: Group A is the is the real group. Every other group is not really a real group to me. Sorry, Osh. Sorry, Osh. I mean, like, I'm excited that the Neo broadcast has all of its regions in a single group. Like, yeah. Because I, so I don't think anyone knows what Neo is. Neo is true. North America, Europe, like, and Oceania, and it's an internal riot thing uh, that they he's forgot. He's the chosen that... one from the Matrix. I know it's a little old now, but like, go watch the original come on, movie. We're big fans. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. The the three basically English speaking regions with English speaking primarily English speaking broadcasts. Obviously, the LCK, LPL, and a lot of other places have English broadcasts too. But that's what Neo stands for. Yeah. Um, and not that you need to know that at all it does not affect just, you just if at you all. hear someone say neo they're not talking about the matrix or or dig or yeah, he's on dig right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no yeah i'm surprised you got that uh, but, <laughs> but yeah uh, it is cool that all of these are in the same group and so i expect it to be a ton of shit talk ton of banter it, the memes it's are gonna be fire it's gonna be riff rivals yeah it's yeah. basically that like it, reddit's gonna be on fire but in terms of like actual what's gonna happen i think it is kind of kind of predictable actually i think we could debate about one too it depends on how if you want to fall on the north america sword here buddy <laughs> i'll do it sure <laughs> who's first and who's second Dude, broken blade wasn't even good enough for north america get him out of here now he's like <laughs> on your champion team let's inspire wasn't even good enough for eu what he's on your <laughs> champion team what do you mean he was your mvp <laughs> <laughs> he, he won here. Oh, wait, no, that's not. That's, that's, that's a suffer. <laughs> I think we, we have the exact same situation yeah, yeah, here. Any fuel you have, yeah, I can just throw yeah, back yeah, at you with inspire. I mean, that's 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 what makes it nice. And so, uh, no, I mean, uh, GTO are definitely the favorites. I'm not gonna like yeah, misrepresent sure. the reality of the situation. Um, and I think they have like with caps. It's just like there's no one of that caliber in on eg i mean impact don't get me wrong in, insane yeah but in, in terms of recent international like just being able to put a team on his back and like go far yeah. and runs it's, it's caps as like the superstar of this group and so like i think eg has players that can do that um but that's that's why i think uh, g2 is definitely the favorite just as well as like the stronger region generally and, and things yeah. like that and i think that eg is still very like all things considered they do have like, i mean obviously they have three players with a, a kind of a wealth of international experience but they've got two very new players and they're one of the players specifically danny's like that's the guy that we rely on he's the you know why do i'm so stuck on horse metaphors i say show pony i don't know he's he's I, yeah dude let, let it go it's did not you, good. you prep team liquid jokes and then you're like yeah. wait a minute they didn't show up no i, I actually what did i was yet. thinking about this we could have had t1 g2 uh tl which could have been the fourth and then we could have had v5 and i was trying to find if we could find a third team we could have a one, oh two, so there, three, there four, was five. a time where people had that where it was like c9 there was someone eight there was rainbow rainbow seven, seven. Uh, we yeah, could have, we could have uh, counted that's the tournament the, i'm waiting for yeah the yeah, I was looking tournament. at the G's coming in as like RNG, G2, EG, PSG. I was just like, there's a lot. A G. The rules of esports are when in doubt, give your team a red and black logo. Always. That's the fallback. Uh, and then just put a G in there. Somewhere. I thought blue was, was, was popping too. There's a lot of blue. blue NA, NA was the, NA had NA, too much blue at one NA point. Thing? Yeah, and okay. NA blue thing. Like so that's the season where CLG and Cloud9 basically just and had the TL, same jersey. And TL, like, oh, God. like <laughs> who, who does Power of Evil play for? It's green. It's green. <laughs> Now it's uh, green. All right, David, you got to come in here and settle, settle yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Who's as, outsider's opinion? A, What's your yeah. take? I mean, look, I think G2 definitely is the stronger one. I would have maybe looked at it and gone, like, if we had caps, like, pre 
playoffs where he was kind of yeah. like playing meh. things like the Los Angeles these kind of things yeah. it was just kind of meh but and even the Carmen stuff that he played I was kind of like I don't really want to see cops on this but now that he's actually playing carry champions and stepping up but especially like in finals he just seemed like a different beast like when you looked at the way he played I was just like this man came alive with a crowd and yeah. I think when you're over in Korea in front of that crowd as well I think you'd be in a pretty good spot I agree yeah. I think there was a period of time where it was fair to be skeptical about the G2 veterans Yankos and Caps and then their their run was just caps monstering people yeah. and now admittedly i don't think it's going to be as easy for them to get jarvin ari in both those champions i think will still be relevant in the pro meta yep. but i i do think that they're super solid when those players are performing they are absolutely world-class impact is also world-class players i think vulcan has shown a lot of potential yep. i think inspired can also be a world-class jungler I'm not going to give that benefit of the doubt to Jojo Puna Danny. I would love to see them step up on the stage and show up. And I think they can absolutely take a game off G2. Can they take three games off G2? Why not four? Yeah, I mean... I was- <laughs> again remember this group is quadruple round robin yeah, so you're yeah. basically gonna get an eu na best of five over a week yeah. so best of seven over a week kind of i was i was super excited for jojo piona danny though just to get this international experience because like you look at people like perks right who like made international in their first year popped the hell off it kind of like lit that firework for them to yeah. kind of take off and it feels like with jojo pion like Total trash talk, confident player, but I think like getting that experience and going, oh crap, like there is another level to this. Like when you play yeah. against some of the best mids in the world, like I, I genuinely think it's going to be like, oh, this is actually the level that I'm going to look at and put a, I don't want to say like put the firework up them again, but it's just like to actually just take off and go, hey, look, there, there is a level that I can reach that I want to work towards. As the NA pundit, how do you feel about the like, uh, what did I write? I had to write a match of the week script. I called them like the torch bearers of like NA talent. How do you feel about the, they're obviously the, uh, the big thing looking at them. Like what is the appropriate level of expectation to put on their shoulders? Cause as an outsider, I'm like, they're the first NA talent in years, probably since I guess Vulcan. And I'm like, if they win and do good, maybe the NA orgs will finally invest in NA talent. I feel like it's like a really big deal. Is that just an outside perspective? Like how uh, big of a deal is it if they as you know, homegrown North American apple pie, even though they're Canada, but like, fine, whatever, just like, yeah. bear with me, maple syrup, you know, like how, 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 how much stock should we put in that angle and that perspective that they are, that if they do really well, it'll have a huge influence domestically on, on North America. It's been debated a lot, even in North America about like what, what your takeaway should be. Some people are like, see orgs, you should have been doing this. And other people are like, no, Jan, Danny and Jojo are actually like phenoms, you know, like give them their yeah, due. Yeah. And like, it's, yeah. it's been discussed a lot. Um, I think you you can go as hard as it as you want. Sick. I'm going torchbearers. If they fail, it's imports forever. If they yeah. win, no, it's, I mean like it's go for maple it. syrup. You, you know? literally can't really go wrong with the narrative because it's just so fun for us. Uh, I think I have a big spiel that I'll probably do on broadcast at some point too. But I'll give you a mini version here, which is just like even beyond should orgs be doing this? How should fans feel? Yada yada yada. I think what's exciting is JoJo is the youngest player in the tournament. Yeah. Danny is in the top five. I think he might be the fourth or whatever. And that's two of them who are North American players born and raised here. And like, yeah, Bjergsen played a majority of his career in here. Jensen spent 100% of his career in North America, but they were not like born in the ecosystem. And people say like, well, why does that matter? And I think it's like the representation angle. Like if you're a 13, 14, 15 year old yeah. who's playing league right now and you want to go pro, there's a period of time you looked at North America's champ or mid pool. It was nine out of 10 people. Yeah. And you know, like, the, the great NA mids, like you have a laundry list in Europe. You guys are having an embarrassment of riches of mid laners. <laughs> it's true. It's disgusting. NA fans, you went, you know, high Reggie era, then like Pobelter, DeMonte. Yeah. And that's it. That's like the only people who have represented us 
internationally. Yeah. Man Cloud to, to give a little bit of respect back in season three. But like, and that's why I think it matters more than should teams be investing and blah, 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 blah. Like that's a, that's a totally worthwhile conversation. But I think the, the, the part that I want to stress for why NA fans care and like why it does matter a lot is the angle of like, that could be you in a couple of years. Like there's no reason it can't be like, you can get there as NA talent. If, if you trust yourself and like work hard, work hard and, yeah. yeah, have insane confidence where Joe just just like shit talking the, as soon as he's at, like, it's a microphone front microphone in his face. <laughs> yeah. I love, I like that's, that's the thing is I think that, um, like obviously on the NAEU side of the coin, I am an EU caster and I like have a, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm always when I'm casting, I'm not biased, but with a second I'm not casting, I'm like, well, I prefer if EU won, if yeah. I had to be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just all around better for me and my life and my job experience. And, uh, you know, I believe in the boys. I know the G2 boys very well. Um, but th- that's like, this is the coolest story to come out of NA in a long time. Yeah. And it's really, really cool. And the fact that we have so many of these in this tournament. There are teams that like got knocked down to their losers bracket, and then Miracle ran their entire way through. There's like I think four or five of them, and EGR obviously won, G2 are obviously yep. won. So I hope for EG's sake that not only can they show a good result, but those players can grow significantly. And I hope for JoJo's sake that he gets like one or two. I hope that it's competitive and it's like good and hype in the mid lane, so he can keep talking trash. Because I was having this conversation <laughs> the other day. It's just like because Parks was the same kind of cocky, and then he did the the vacation meme happened, and he was talking about this where he my, was like, "My rise is bad, my azir is worse." Yeah, he, he was like, it right. G two Parks." <laughs> yeah, but it was like those are the memes we saw. But understand his DMs were like, a lot what? darker yeah, yeah, yeah. place, and he like, and that just kind of like encouraged him never to be on social media ever again and obviously he is to a certain degree but like never in the same way as he was you know really cocky when he first started so i hope that that's not jojo's experience i know eu fans they're gonna roast him alive like caps isn't gonna talk that much shit back which is funny because he's talking shit to caps but eu fans are like out of nowhere like caps didn't ask for this but here come the eu fans like oh my boy's in trouble (laughs) time to like go absolutely psycho mode on this kid from america (laughs) Uh, so we'll see i just i hope that be be civil eu fans that's all i'm saying small roast good you know what i'm saying death threats bad Bad. yeah yeah. please chill glad we need to clarify that Uh, every time just general life advice as well not just in the specific scenario death threats just yeah always not just not just jojo pune any player yeah any person yeah at all ever let people have their fun yeah um so yeah i I think g2 are the favorites i think the the thing that that they have is, is some of that experience to lean back on because like the the fourth place finish into lower bracket crazy run yeah for g2 is like oh that's good it's classic g2 classic g2 for eg it's like are they actually good or did they just get lucky and like get an insanely hot streak sure yeah, i wanted to get your take on that because obviously they lost the tl and then they just had that run it's like do you think there was like a a massive change there or is it just a case of like oh they kind of just figured out how to play against the enemy uh so they they were a scrim god team all split long and people mm-hmm. kept being like these guys are nuts behind the scenes but they didn't win more than two games in a row in the regular season <laughs> they finished nine and nine so you're like you guys kind of suck that's right. the unwritten rule of pro players yeah. everyone i talk to is if you do well in scrims you suck on stage yeah yeah so so it was kind of like getting what was promised finally on stage so I, I don't think they're they were just like oh a hot team yeah um, I think they do do things some good things like their prep um, they got flamed all split long about their drafts but they actually have a diverse set of of drafts and yeah. so when they feel like they're the underdog they'll go like these insane five marksmen <laughs> like troll drafts but then when they're against a team that they're favored against they'll pick Orn and go scaling in late and so the fact that they can play both is a legitimate strength for them. I also think that it feels like both of them and G2 were kind of ahead of the curve on the meta and this like this like yeah. porn stuff. And like it, it just really felt like 
in G2's initial round against Fnatic, for example, they were like, they had, and, and credit to Dylan and the support staff behind the scenes, like a million answers for LeBlanc. And most of them didn't work because Humanoid was just like, okay, cool, LeBlanc. Or uh, Lissandra, sure, I'll play that. Karma, okay, yeah, whatever. I, the Karma admittedly did work um, with Hecarim. But like, I liked how much prep they showed, but then they just figured out, like, if we can get Orange J4 Ari every single game, Caps just does Caps things. It's impossible to ward out Yankos because there's always a bush to EQ into through Vision. <laughs> like, we're just going to win every single early game. And and as much as, like, I the, the story of G2's Miracle Run was incredible, I think they also just were ahead of the curve in the meta, and it felt like every team that they played against was... I don't want to say f- up draft completely, <laughs> but, like... Clearly did not at the time, and obviously it's easy to say this in hindsight, but clearly at the time did not recognize a lot of the things that were like key factors to G2's success and were seemed confident in their answers. I'm going to be real sad though if we get into MSI and like Broken Blades just on Orin or Cyan duty the whole time because when he was bringing out cool things like the Yone tops, the counter pick and everything, it's like, yeah. this actually is kind of cool. Like I'm down to see some of these counter picks and as, I'm like, yeah. tanks, let's go. As, as a fan of Banger League of Legends, that sounds great. As someone who wants to see G2 as well, no. I hate that value proposition. The value proposition of let's save you last pick, you're going to pick this really niche counter pick that like kind of win lanes a little bit and then like does something cool in the mid game yeah. like the Yone or the Corky into GP or whatever the hell it was where he got solo killed level one. I don't love it. I don't yeah. love the niche But the other picks. regions were just like, this is great. Do yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Do the thing. <laughs> Every year, it's funny because I feel like it's me and Mark looking down at the, like, the regions that are just below NA and EU being like, aha, it's like that meme where the monkeys with the knives fight each other from the Simpsons and then it's like LPL, CK analysts looking down at us like, <laughs> it's like that meme where the monkeys from the Simpsons fight each other. Uh, I'll be honest, the NA thing too is like everyone beats up on NA and like, we're, I'm like, we're not that much better, worse than you guys. Like, yeah. you know, like straight up head to head, the record between EU and NA is actually close. It's just always either the best of fives uh-huh. being much better, and then the tiebreakers. Tiebreakers tie are just like this knife in the back where you're like, we're doing okay. No, you're not yeah, getting out of the third most thriving pressure. Why don't you go three and three again, Team Liquid? Three straight years, three and three. <laughs> Never out of groups. <laughs> it's like fourth every time yeah, until yeah, we yeah. really we need you to get four of something, yeah, and then yeah, it's yeah. three and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so this, so this group, I think. IG2 first, EG second, Order playing spoiler, I think, more than anything else. And if EG and G2 are close, Order actually does have a really important job in this role. But we'll just see what happens. Those teams play each other uh, on day one. Last group, though, and this is the group that I think is going to be the closest, Group A, but only closest for second seed because in first place, guys, do we think it's going to be T1? (laughs) No. Nah. (laughs) Yeah, it's T1. T1 T1 are our runaway favorites for this this group. Same, Same with the way RNG was. Yep. Yeah. I think that's interesting is Saigon Buffalo. Obviously, again, they're the second seed from the VCS as Gigabyte Marines are playing in the Southeast Asian games, um, but still appear to be hyper aggressive, crazy champion pools. The VCS as a region is like outpacing everyone in terms of uh, pace of game, at least when you look at amount of kills happening. This is like the this is the murder region. They fight people. <laughs> they kill people. Like you say a single word at a bar to anybody, they pop off. There's like a bottle like smashed on the side to your What'd throat. What'd you say about me? <laughs> you just say hi. They're like, what? <laughs> I will cut you. You're like, damn, BC. We're going to you for that. You're like, like, oh, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the presentation that the casters from the oh, VCS. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, yeah I did. Sick, Shout yeah. out to the VCS casters. They shared a presentation with us all about this team. Made it yeah, way easier to prep. it was class. The only thing though is when you have to con- like include a sheet that is just, here's how we 
up dives. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know if that fills me with a lot of confidence for Sidecon Buffalo, you know? Yeah. It means they're going to be going for it, though. Yeah. But I think that's the big thing is obviously we're excited about, we talked already about, you know, uh, Denny should focus me in Japan being our dark horse, but I think it's it's them and Saigon Buffalo really fighting for the second seed. And, and sorry, Latin America, Team A's, Team Ace. Um, it's, I don't believe, I, uh, I like alone, you know, I, I'm excited to see what some of the imported talent could do on this roster. But uh, well, so the one thing I'll say is I believe I don't think Saigon <laughs> Buffalo and Detonation folks me are so much better that they can't drop a game. Oh, sure. To absolutely. And so yes. I feel like in a lot of ways, A's could be really important in the group in terms of like getting that that upset win that then tilts what could be an even matchup maybe between the other two teams. Um, so they'll be important. But yeah, I think it's it's DFM and it's a Saigon for two yeah. horse race for second. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're on horses. It's a horse themed day. I got you. <laughs> I just can't let it go. Um, <laughs> so horses. The Saigon Buffalo thing. I will say I am excited because it's the VCS finally getting back to an international yes. competition. They've been years, years away because of COVID and stuff. They're coming back. They're not able to send their number one seed. Like we said, Gigabyte Marines is, is doing something else uh, for Southeast Asia games. <laughs> um, but <laughs> don't laugh at me. No, I'm just laughing because it's like, yeah, they just, they were busy. They had, they, you know, they're just like, yeah, 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 I, got they, they, I, I got dinner at five. Yeah, I don't know. I can't make that day. Day. Yeah, it's <laughs> But the players in this team are all really young. That was what they were stressing yeah. a lot in, in that, that document was like, uh, this org almost bombed out. This is like the same Feng Vu Buffalo from years ago, organizationally now called Saigon Buffalo, but like change yeah. of players. I think that's what they're saying was like, it was, who was a Shogun was eight years old when Faker first joined yeah. T1 or something? Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, nuts. most of the, all of them were under 10 when Faker won his first title, a that's, world title. I feel so old. Oh my <laughs> I was God. like in college, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 like oh yeah, yeah. Faker, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this, we're talking about I don't know if there's a region that this matters more to than Vietnam. Everyone obviously cares a lot, but I think for Vietnam, finally getting back on the international stage with a bunch of young players, yeah. just want to go out there and prove themselves. So, like, I think it'll be DFM, but, like, I think I'm, like, everyone's, like, an anime fan and, like, is a fake LJL fan who doesn't watch their games during yeah. the regular season, and then, like, they show up and they're, like, Japan, we like it. Yeah, Attack on Titans, great. I'll vote for them. <laughs> and, but, like, uh -huh. I, actually want, I actually want Saigon Buffalo to get out. Yeah, I think it, it would be... It's one, again, really glad to have Vietnam and the VCS back in the tournament. And I love the way they play League of Legends because that's the thing is it's like, don't get me wrong, LJL has had their good moments. Uh, you know, PSG has had their has had their good moments. The PCS has had their good moments. But like Vietnamese League of Legends is always fun to watch. Yeah. If they're a great team, if they're a meh team, it does not matter. It is always entertaining. And that's like, that's the thing in a group stage, in the rumble stage, we get to stage two. If there's a VCS team in there, someone is dropping games to that team. And every game is a can't miss on the schedule. Yeah, like it's so good. Like just in terms of viewership, like a spectacle, VCS games are always bangers. Yeah. Like that's just what it is. So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, moving forward, we talked a little bit about players to watch already. So... But I want to see if there's anything past. You know, we talked about the young guns on EG. We're obviously excited for Caps. From the LPL, LCK perspective, in this case, LPL, is there anybody that you're really watching on RNG? I know this first stage yeah. isn't going to be like the place where they really flex or show up or like are as challenged. But just in general, is there one player that we need to be watching yeah, on Yeah, I mean, RNG? definitely for RNG, it's Xiaohu. I think yeah. Xiaohu has been absolutely insane. Like, it's not even... Um, and I think this is probably a similar conversation that we'll have if we end up talking about like Faker and stuff like that. But it's like, it's not so much as like 
hands are absolutely insane. It's just like the way he thinks about yeah. the game, the way he plays the game is really, really cool. Um, and shout out to like Ox, who was ta- who talks about this a lot as well, is like when you see like Wei, say, making a play towards Bin in the top side, mm-hmm. oftentimes what you see is like Shehu just drift into bot lane. Just be like, oh yeah, well, I'm always here to cover a cross map. And he does that like so consistently. And oftentimes he does end up turning around these plays where teams will try to cross map against him and Shehu's just there to cover. Um, and then you see him, like he's the best Vex to be having the league by a country mile. The dude is insane. Like popping off getting triple kills like consistently on this pick to just win the game outright like he has been absolutely insane and it's funny to see his like shift from like hey you know i'm a mid laner to hey i'm a top laner and still just dominating the top lane and then i come back to mid lane it's just dominating again it was like i think it was just himself and rookie basically is like the two contenders for mvp and rookie just won because rookie is just godlike with his hands but yeah. i think shaohu like if you look at actually what he brings to yeah. the team, I think that's where I'd look at like Shao is actually the MVP for the, the league. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to beat hands players always win the MVP pool. Yeah. That's yeah. my experience. Like you really it's hard to win being smart because there's so much it's so much harder to understand like the impact of players who are really great or really great leaders. Cause you don't often see that or like this covering things on sideline. A lot of people probably miss that fine detail again. Shout out to Ox for noticing a lot of that stuff. But um, you know, when a player is rookie's rookie. Like I can't even knock that. Like you watch rookie play League of Legends and you're like well, and yeah. it's just like, you're like, oh, let me go check out everyone's CSDs against each other. And you're like, hmm. <laughs> well, some, of, yeah. some of these numbers are bigger than the other numbers. One of them particularly to ignore this. Mm. It's in front of my face. Yeah, I'm not every lie, number. Like, one of the best fights that we had this split was like Uzi versus Rookie. And I was just like, this is insane. But yeah, I think Shehu just brings a different levels to the game. And I think it's just going to be so cool to see how he kind of yeah. pops off again. Well, none, none of us are LCK representatives, but is there is there anyone on T1 that you're especially excited for? We don't have to go well, super in. We talked a lot about it. So I'm definitely on the faker like hype train. I think we've talked about how like in terms of like actual best player in the world conversation, like it's probably Carrier actually for this team. Uh, so yeah. if, if people have been living under a rock, <laughs> keep your eye on him. Yeah, uh, yeah. He'll be making a lot of either big engages or like winning lane phase, how he moves around the map. Like all that stuff is insane. But the reason I like Faker is because this is like the who's who of mid laners from each region. Yeah. Um, Faker, greatest player of all time, obviously the best mid laner in LCK. LPL, you could argue Xiaohu probably. Yeah, I mean, I know agree, yeah. there, there's, a, there's lot a lot of, of names. There's yeah. a lot of names, but like in terms of international success and like going out there, Xiaohu's probably the guy. Um, obviously, Caps is Caps. Caps there's, is Caps. Caps, Caps. Uh, you know, Perks as well. There's been a lot, long list of players. Yeah, but, but I think Caps is when you look at you can argue that Perks is a more accomplished player, uh, but which is it's becoming a harder argument, especially as Caps continues to win titles. But I think Caps is probably the best Western player of all time, like in terms of actual yeah. skill level. Like he has hit the high, higher ceiling than anyone else has ever hit in the West. Yeah. So that's that's how I look at it, at least. Yeah, for sure. So like you have the, the who's who, and that what I think was so funny is like all those people were confirmed to be going to, to MSI, yeah. and I was like. Oh man, TL's like gonna do this oh, like lower Bjerg, bracket yeah. final weekend. We're gonna get Bjerg. It's gonna be the, the most historic mid laners, everything. And then JoJo Pune's just like Fortnite kids. <laughs> <What's up? laughs> yeah. uh, it's so funny. Just like just do just like torpedoed that whole narrative by himself. No, but like, that's I think that makes it even better. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he, he took he sniped the guy that was supposed quote unquote supposed to go in Bjerg. Yeah. You know? I think it's just gonna be a who's who battle of mid lane. Like once rumble stage not as much, but like when you get into the or excuse me, God, I always mess up rumble and group, group stage stage one not as much, stage two, yes. Stage two is when you're gonna see just every game is an insane mid lane matchup. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm feeling it. Um but of course one of the big things we can talk about in general right now is the patch and to do that we have brought some special backup so let's bring in our interview guest for the day all right you've heard us talk about the groups you've heard us talk about players to watch tournament favors yada 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 now 
it's important that we talk about the meta. And because it's a brand new patch and we technically don't know shit about it, uh, we brought a special guest to help inform us about the patch, about what we can expect. Uh, none other than Froxen coming in from the design team, balance team. What is your official title, Mr. Froxen? Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Am I supposed to look over my shoulder at him or pretend yeah, that I'm not he's... Sure either, I, yeah, sure. You can, whatever feels natural. You, everybody look wherever they feel comfortable looking. Um, but do you want to give us a quick introduction to yourself, what you do? Sure. Uh, and of course, thank you for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, well, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Matt, also known as Froxen. Um, I've been at Riot since 2014, and I'm the lead designer for the Summoner's Rift team. And Summoner's Rift team, you know, we're responsible for everything concerning in-game gameplay on Summoner's Rift, outside of, like, you know, new champions or really big reworks like Scion or Holy Bear. Mm. So we don't do those. But we do things like preseason, game balance, item room reworks, map elements like dragon souls or elemental terrain and that a, kind of stuff and occasionally step outside your bounds to do things that affect a ram negatively like <laughs> nerfing ap kaisa you absolute monsters how dare you Ooh, not sure about that one <laughs> where's my sona w <laughs> revert the healing changes on a ram i want to press sona w <laughs> Um, anyway, obviously, like this is it's super cool to have you here, um, MSI being the main focus. So we're here to talk about MSI. And we're here to talk about the MSI patch. And I would love to get a little bit of context from you because I know your perspective and the team's perspective has changed over the years when it comes to what these big pre-tournament patches should look like, maybe from, you know, 2015, where maybe it was a little bit too much. And then, you know, ardent meta, where maybe it was a little bit too little coming into the <laughs> tournament, you know, like, so what is what is the perspective? What are the actual like goals of the design team when it comes to making a patch that's going to be played on for a big tournament like MSI or, or Worlds? Yeah, so like kind of the overarching goal that we have and that hasn't changed uh, despite, you know, the, the patches like the Juggernaut meta and so on is that we want to create the best experience for viewers. And, you know, our interpretation of what that means has kind of changed over time as you can imagine uh you know we used to prioritize things like hey let's throw in a curveball uh and really up uh, upend everything and that's really exciting um now we tend to kind of target more healthy metrics i guess so things like no overpowered champions so we target no 100 percent pick band champions uh we target you know a healthy mix of champion and playstyle diversity so we target 10 picks per role um, and 50% of the roster present. And then we have a, a bloodiness target as well, which is kind of like average kills per minute. So 0.7 for us. This Point, year. All right, so good. As long as it's not like 0. 0.5, 0. 0.3, we don't need to go back to the last front Bring to back. Bring back lane yeah. swaps. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm interactive for 15 minutes. I want the next preseason to just feature a bunch of PvE gameplay. I'm actually very overwhelmed <laughs> about playing against other people. I just want the PvE League of Legends experience. Yeah, I don't want to watch League of Legends if it's not 90 minutes plus. Like, that's yeah. just my game, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When are you guys buffing Ziggs? <laughs> I like the idea of you, uh, Dagda, having to do all of the LPL games and all of the LPL teams in a meta with like 0.3 kills per minute. You which... know, did you say it? Yeah, I take it back. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, that's good. I like that bloodiness is in there. I like that there's some of the, you know, some of the more explosive stuff. But when it comes to like actually getting 10 champions viable in each role, have there ever been 1080 carries in any tournament meta like yeah. ever in the history of ever? Like, I, I mean, how does that, how do you actually do that? How do you actually do that in some roles? Some roles I can see it, but a lot of other roles it just doesn't, it doesn't seem possible to me. Yeah, so there's um, there's two specific roles that cause a lot a lot of issues. Uh, that's like jungle and AD carry. As you mentioned, the pools are kind of constrained. Uh, they get picked early in the draft, especially, and I think that's the major factor. 
so, you know, compared to a role like mid or top or support that gets counterpicked a lot more often and held late for the draft, where you can, you know, leverage a lot of that diversity, uh, jungle and AD specifically kind of, yeah, it's more difficult to do that. Um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, as, as a follow-up, one thing I like that we were talking about, um, I mean, we had a meeting, spoilers, <laughs> earlier in the week where we all, we all talked, but uh, one of the, the conversations that we were having that I appreciate a lot was like the idea of like what is going to happen in pro play because of just what you need in team comps and stuff. Like, you need engage. You kind of need someone to face check, play the vision game, do these sorts of things that in solo queue might go neglected when, when <laughs> not that they're not also yeah. good just that people might not care yeah exactly <laughs> whereas like a pro team is like just not they, they do sometimes in very specific situations but most of the time it, for a meta you're not just going to be like yeah it's five range we're just yeah. not going to take tanks and so like uh, underpowered positional thing can still get taken because like well this is just the best place to play, play tanks and i feel like we were talking about supports in particular about this why it's been leona nautilus for so long um i thought that was a really cool conversation coming out from the d designers and the balancers being like, yeah, we acknowledge that and understand that like pro play does have these things that team comps want. Yeah, I was also kind of curious how you have decisions around, like say someone like Caitlin, right? Who's like super high priority over in the LCK, but we basically don't see her anywhere else. Like, do you look at that and go, oh, we think she's in our right spot or kind of what's your thought process around someone that's crazy high priority in one region, but just not seen in others? Yeah, so it definitely presents us a pretty major challenge uh, when we have to balance with a lot of regional meta variations. So like you said, Caitlyn and LCK, you know, they play a lot more Karma, Ezreal, for example, compared to other regions. LPL tends to have a lot of Galio. Uh, don't really see it very much in other regions. They play Aphelios a lot more, um, that kind of stuff. And, you know, it is a challenge for us. Uh, a lot of the time we kind of have to just go with our gut in terms of like understanding which teams are the strongest and which ones we expect to be meta driving. Like if, for example, and this is no flame to NA, cause you know, like I'm from NA region, but if NA is playing a lot of on and like no, no other region is playing on, it's like, are we gonna nerf on because NA is 90% on presence, right? It's like, probably not. But if, <laughs> no flame, no flame, but like, you know, that's, a, that, that's kind of the consideration that we that we have to go in, into it with. So. So, so I think it is interesting because I, I think there's that angle for like the NA fans listening. We're like, no, <laughs> don't say that about us. But for, for like LCK and LPL, it does mean that they're going to get a little bit more attention uh, to their metas. Like if you're... Well, they didn't nerf LCK, they nerfed LPL. So I think that says a lot about where we're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they specifically were like, all right, LCK is imbalanced. We're going to tweak LCK this patch. We're going to nerf... <laughs> like Faker can only get 10 gold, you know. But they are starting to target like if, if like um it sounds like you assume kind of which region will lead the the actual tournament play then you bounce a little bit more towards that that region's tendencies uh a little uh, i'm a little bit i mean i would say in general it's 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 pretty safe to just let these things play out like if caitlin is 100 we opted not to hit caitlin like we could have just been like well lck is going to be really smart and really meta driving and they're going to make everyone play caitlin but ultimately you know this is a thing for the fans as well. Fans want to see the regions clash with the things that they prepared and they were particularly strong at mm -hmm. going into playoffs. And if we just, you know, like torpedo the entire thing by just being like, hey, we think this is strong and you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> that kind of like does a disservice to the fans as well. So it's like, it's kind of just like going back to the, the whole original 
like goal of of our approach to balance it's like we want the best experience for the viewers yeah and that is one way that we can we can create that right when it when it comes to these big patches is it hard to find the line between because like you said na orn like in that example you're not going to worry about it and it's like you know kr caitlin it might be a problem it might just be a korea thing like how, how do you find that line between this is let's say as objective or at least as objective as possible objectively op versus this is a regional niche pick that they just happen to excel at and it's it's their individual player skill versus the like raw power of the champion that is that is present there yeah so like a lot of the time we look at trends um and you know i sent you guys something a little earlier which was like looking at at, at some of the trends for the champions right it's like mm -hmm. hey how did this thing you know go during playoffs uh during playoffs in the early portions of playoffs compared to the later portions of playoffs where we would expect you know the better teams to be and a lot of it is like hey how did we see the trends move during the season and um yeah we can kind of gauge get a little bit of a get a little bit of extra information to like inform our decisions there um, and that's that's, super, a, that, that's one of the main ways yeah and that's super cool and i don't want to leak this document but what this document essentially looks like is it's like hey this is what this champion's win rate looked like when everyone was playing it and this is what it looked like in the top four and it makes it really clear and you can see skill champions just for example there's a line item on lee sin and when everybody's playing lee sin lee sin looks pretty trash but then when we go to like top four lee sins suddenly or different regions lee sins you see lee sin suddenly explode no surprise to see that like you know, LPL has some pretty, pretty good Lee Sin players. Uh, L LCS, uh, LEC, maybe not as uh, strong. And, and to you can see where some of the decision making comes from. When I see Zeri, and it's just a line across at a hundred percent of all regions, all level play. It's like, oh, that's why she got hit pretty hard recently. <laughs> yeah. So super cool, super cool to have the context that it is this, you know, this mix of factors. Obviously, it's not exclusively pro play. It can never be exclusively pro play, but that um, you guys are tracking all like all these big leagues and also the the context of different uh, team skills within their own league which i think is is a cool thing to see too so it's not just the lck it's the lck but also the top four in the lck the top four in the lpl yeah i, I think it yeah. is really cool and one thing i want to hop back to a little bit if you don't mind me jumping around here is uh what you said about balancing what you think is strong versus what's being played and there's almost this inevitable push and pull between pro players who kind of want to always play what they're already comfortable on versus viewers who want new things and so like you, you can go too far sometimes or those times where you think something strong and pros just aren't playing it because like yeah why not like the funniest example of all time for me was release rework atrox who was busted but the community including pros and stuff just thought it was dog water and then you know you guys like are like here we go we'll put some buffs on it and you put some buffs and then it's giga busted and then you nerf it back to the release date and people are like it's still broken and it's like yeah. it was the funniest thing for me and it just like it, it kind of defined the meta for a couple of years but i think it does speak to like this how like you have to do you ever like be like we know this is strong and people aren't realizing it so we're just going to give it a little nudge to like open people's eyes like is this something that you're looking at during uh heading into metas most definitely um we have this a lot and and i want to say a lot so we have a lot of indicators that kind of tell us when um a champion is kind of higher power level than what we think is sustainable so these are things like you know like historical win rates when they were at a certain presence um like certain skewed changes that we've done like certain item changes you know there are things like caitlin in season 10 for example it was like going into um worlds if you remember back then it was like caitlin was 100 percent in playoffs basically um or leading into it but she had 
not been changed really like she hadn't been changed for like a while and she was like growing in presence we did tapped her up with with a bit of a buff and then pro players were like wow this champion's broken and then they <laughs> they started playing it then we reverted the bu reverted the buff basically back to where she was before and she was still super high priority right and then they were like huh i guess she was just like this strong before and <laughs> no one ever played her and she was like zero percent right it's, it's like happens a lot of the time it's um, that it's that scene in space jam where they give them the magic water and it's yeah. just water it's like guys you had the potential all along uh, except instead of looking like yeah. they're good at basketball they just look really dumb because the champions just been always so i actually heard this was a very similar story where like art and sensor back where we had the art and sensor meta was like exactly. yeah, yeah it was completely busted and nobody realized it is there anything that's like that at the moment where you're just like man i wish I wish more teams would cop on to this, or is there a champion where you're just like, you know, this is actually busted and nobody has any breeze that it is? Uh, there are. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how many. This is mostly an EU NA podcast. Yeah, yeah. So if you leak some giga broken stuff here, you're, you're going to be you're helping, helping your region. Yeah. So you should definitely leak it because LCK coaches are not watching this. But I can show this. <laughs> to Peter Dunn. I mean, I think like, let's, let's let's stay away from like the the turbo giga broken that might be like I don't know, yeah, like borderline. Like, are you are we over supporting the uh, the West here on this podcast? But like, what? Let's. It's a good question. Like, what do you think is is going to be super strong on this patch? Because obviously, you said you don't want any hundred percent pick band champions. And that's a noble goal, but I suspect there will be a few. So, like, who who's on your radar? Who's on the design team's radar for champions that could end up in that like hundred percent pick band category? Yeah, so there's a few champions that we kind of like pushed in. So Lucian is one of them. He's like, he's a champion that has a lot of pro characteristics. You know, he's very uh, strong laning phase. He can play in a lot of different lanes. He wins a lot of matchups, uh, and he's got a lot of, you know. Synergy, synergistic teammates. Um, so Lucian's definitely one of them. Gwen is kind of like a sleeper. She, we gave her a pretty big buff um, with the E and alt changes. And, you know, we did some changes to her earlier, which reshaped her early lane to not be so powerful. Um, but, you know, in matchups where she's pretty strong and, and can scale, uh, she should be pretty quite a lot better than she was before, mm -hmm. um, just in terms of scaling. Um, so yeah, the, that buff didn't look very large on paper, but it was uh, quite large. <laughs> um, I guess another one is like Gangplank. Gangplank has kind of been a, a flavor of the month topic for... Shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's bad. Yeah. There's a lot of good gangplanks in the East. Why? You have to nerf the gangplank. How many barrels have murdered West Dreams? No, no, don't say gangplank. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of like disagreement on the design team at least about how strong Gangplank is. So it's it's definitely not a cut and dry thing. But Gangplank's another example where it's like, you know, we didn't buff him by that much, but he was already like decently strong. So that's a champ that I could see rising quite a lot in presence as well. Um, and then you know, there's like some speculative picks you know the the ivern mid that ls keeps touting you know there are some pretty strong uh ad mids that you could uh ad picks that you could pair with ivern um uh and you know karthus i guess ringo maybe Ooh, i like i like when karthus well, actually wait no i hate when karthus is good yeah. if i have to play league of legends but when i watch league of legends i generally don't mind because <laughs> i feel like the alt is a very cool ability playing against karthus i hate yep. more than Karthus anything. has just such an insane clear speed at the moment. It's actually nuts. Like, yeah. I would be very surprised very if we don't see him. Yeah. There you go. And maybe sneaking in a bot lane pick, depending on 
Tyler the LCL isn't here, I'd say for sure we'd have some Karthus bot lane, but like maybe Vietnam will pull out some some card the spot like you got to be ready for any it. of those kind of like global picks that get a little stronger like these are perfect for like doing random stuff to top teams from from wildcard <laughs> regions like it's just like ah, exactly. five man top perfect here comes card assault oh no uh okay all right so ready for some of that stuff i'm i'm excited for rangar i'm curious if that's going to come through i'm not excited about Gwen, just because I find her <laughs> horrific to to play against and experience. Oh, and as a play by play caster, you don't want to go oh, through the snip oh, snips well, and the. Oh, she did the snip snip. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was easier when her E was just broken because I knew she auto won every lane. But if she have to, oh, God, it's just she's immune, and then I gotta say she's immune, and then she's not <laughs> immune at a certain <laughs> point, and it's then like goes it's on. hard to pay attention to that, and like oh, there's a lot of needle jokes, but not a lot of them are okay for broadcast. <laughs> it's oh like it's rough, you know, Gwen is. <laughs> has a hard champion to cast as a play-by-play. Um, past that, though, there was one other topic that I kind of wanted to explore uh, before we let you go past like some of these picks that could show up is uh, the idea of like what is optimal in pro play or what pros believe is optimal versus like I don't know what the what the balance or design team thinks is optimal or maybe what is objectively the strongest picks in. Um, you know, in League of Legends, and I think you guys probably usually have a pretty good grasp on that, given that you probably have more data than anybody else. Um, what's your take on yeah. this? Like, what pros are doing? Because I think most of us look at what pros are doing and go, they're right, they're correct, they're pros, they know what's going on. Um, but, like, what is your... How does, how does you, how do you, the team, feel about that? Yeah, so I think one thing is that part of the magic of League is kind of just the constant innovation and finding these undiscovered picks that we don't even know about. And honestly, like, if we made a patch and the patch was instantly solved, I don't know if that would be a better experience for everybody, to be honest. Um, you know, there's a lot of intrigue and interest and just general um, player satisfaction that comes from, hey, I found Blue Build Ezreal, you know, back yeah. in the day. And it was just some some random, like, non-pro person. And then the pro was like, oh, yeah, you know, like this Reddit armchair analyst was like, oh, you know, they found this really sick build maybe we should try it in scrims and you know they play it and it catches on it's like those moments are kind of what makes league special but as far as like um you know like why it occurs i think there's a lot of like issues i think the infrastructure in particular it doesn't really support finding these new picks and you know we acknowledge that it's like makes your teammates and scrim partners feel like you're wasting their time by playing you know mm -hmm. Rengar Ivan mid for like the eighth scrim in a row or something and you're just like well you have zero percent win rate still like are you gonna keep doing this you know <laughs> and you know this that's the dynamic of you know top teams versus bottom teams it's like if you're a bottom team player right it's like are you gonna spend time to innovate while you're already behind and you know you you need to like keep playing the pick to like just maintain a steady level or you get fired the next week right it's like so, so it makes a lot of sense, like, why these things kind of happen, uh, even though, you know, we don't like it. Um, but, you know, yeah, it is I, what it is. It is. There's, there's a lot of dynamics. Like, even on the idea of pick ban and presence is like, oh, we banned it because it's annoying more so than it's strong sometimes, where a champion is kind of coin flippy, and you'll be like, yeah, I just don't want to play into your LeBlanc because then I have to play a skill matchup. Either I'm playing Syndra or I'm, I'm taking Lissandra, and like, I just don't want to do that, so LeBlanc's permaban. <laughs> or, you know, like... Well, you didn't want to practice against her, right? You, yeah. don't want to, you don't want to find a counter. It's like yeah. Pantheon in what, whatever season that was. It's like, oh, it's better to just ban Pantheon than spend, you know, 30 scrim cycles trying to figure out, like, a counter or how to play with Pantheon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a, another thing that's, like, underrated, right? It's like, your team needs time to learn to play around like Cogmore level 11 or like KO level 11. It's like, well, we're going to be sacking every lane prior for the first like 
15 minutes of the game. Like, <laughs> I hope you're happy with getting dived like for the fourth time in a row while I'm scaling up. It's like, <laughs> you know. I mean, it does, it does feel like that thing that it's just, yeah, it's that it's not always worth the cost. Although I wish it was. And I think that yeah. this is one of the things like the League of Legends patch cycle is you guys patch a lot. Like ultimately, even if there yeah. are small patches, there's a lot of patches. And I think in the pros plane, and, and you know this better than anyone, Mark, because you've actually spent a lot of time behind the scenes. I'm just sometimes a fly on the wall for a lot of these scrims. But pro players are just like, there's the psychos out there. The guys who are like solo queue grinders all day, every day, you know, the caps when he's feeling it. Whippo, I think, is one of these people. There's a lot of the pro players, and I'm sure there's a ton in the East that I just don't know about, that are like finding weird shit all the time because they love it on a personal level. Yeah. But those are the only pros, I think, that find like Zanzara, that find new weird picks. It's because like a personal, they have a personal well, love for doing that. I, I worked with Quas, and he was like the Swain guy. <laughs> and like, you know, he, he, got, he got like challenger in Venezuela with like 300 ping playing Swain. And so like when he joined the team, you're like, I guess we'll try and find comps to put Swain in because <laughs> you're like the best Swain in the world. But then like, you know, your, your whole team is kind of bending backwards to, to make some of these weird things work. And it's... You get yep. into more social dynamics than it is like power at that yeah. point and, mm -hmm. and comfort and things. Plus, I think Jericho's made like one pretty interesting point there also is that we balance a lot, right? So it's like, you know, if a, if it, if a pick is really strong, but it's unconventional, you know, chances are we're going to balance that, you know. And, Ro uh, roaming top oh, Lulu? The, the value in... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? It's like, yeah, exactly. Like, rem like smite top Janna, right? It's like, oh, should I should I spend the time practicing smite top Janna if the balance team's just going to patch it out by the time I've mastered it, right? Mm. Um, so it's, a, you know, a as far as for like from the game design front goes, it's like there are two things that I, that I think uh, kind of also contributing to this problem. One is the patching thing. And the second is that even if a team does find a good solution, we don't give good tools to like protect innovation. So it's like, let's say you found Rengar, Ivan, mid. It's like, oh, you can just ban Rengar and waste like 40 weeks, 40 hours of work, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, so we'll re we're not exactly helping <laughs> on, yeah. on that respect. I mean, that there's, there's ways we could protect it. But, I yeah. also can't knock it though, because solo lane Pike made it past your radar for like one or two patches and G2 <laughs> won a f international tournament. So like, you know, I yeah. like, yeah. I'll just be to pray that the next time it slips through, it's NA or EU yeah, yeah, or. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it on the flip side. I was actually talking to Brox about this. He spent like ages practicing this Jack's jungle because he was convinced it was broken. I was yeah. like, this sucks. I'm not playing this. And then we did to his next match and they banned it. It was like, oh, well that works. <laughs> <laughs> My entire life training. Someone leaked your scrims. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> don't don't bring scrim leaks. It's, uh, that's the NA special right there. Oh, the diaries back in the day. Uh, I do have one question on a personal level, less from like the design team. Uh, what was your favorite meta that for like watching for you uh, of an international tournament? Even if like you know pros hated it, like everyone memes on the Juggernaut meta because it was kind of like from a competitive integrity angle a bit of a disaster. But, but uh, it was Darius Pentakills. <laughs> yeah, that was the free Pentakill tournament. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. did you do you have any that like stick out in your mind? It's like, well, maybe design goal wise, maybe we whiffed. But like, damn, was it fun? I definitely liked. Um the juggernaut meta i would say that i actually <laughs> i actually kind of liked um kaisa's meta even though that was like resident sleeper yeah. for most people no um i think kaisa and Zaya, like they they're pretty skillful champions right uh I, the, I, the thing i didn't like was um the ergot atrox match top lane that was like 90 percent of the games <laughs> yeah that that was pretty bad but the kaisa's aspect of it i think even though most people were like very bored of seeing those two champions every game i i, I didn't enjoy seeing you know, the I, pro players play that champion. I, I was like, wow, these players are just like 
giga smurf better than me <laughs> yeah i'm i'm with you on kaisa when we swap to hyper carry like jinx of Felios, don't get me wrong i get why these champions are picked but i miss kaisa immensely because it's so skill intensive and it's so flashy and that was an era where you had 80 yep. carries roaming to mid to try to snare on zaya or whatever and you have these huge <laughs> outplay moments and yeah it was in solo queue and watching it a million times over maybe not as fun but then the second it was gone and i had to watch late farming 80 carries again i was like wait no it wasn't that bad please <laughs> sir please bring it back 80 carries participated yeah. they could actually fight bruce and stuff uh no i feel you i that was that was a great time i think uh, i miss mage bot lanes a, a lot mm. if you want to talk about bot lane diversity that was a time where it was there and i think all the 80 carry players cried it away but i thought the swain <laughs> bots the pike the spike swing combos the gp pike combos the vlad combo wasn't that intense no vlad was really boring <laughs> vlad was hilariously oh, boring w <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um I gotta say, anytime top carries are viable, anytime you get Fiora, Jax, Camille, like 2018 Worlds, yep. like that is that is probably my favorite meta because the, the triple lane carries, like when you have three threats, yeah. th those those are always dope. So, uh, hint, hint. hint. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the main downsides of those metas tend to be that like watching split pushing is kind of boring. Yeah. At least the ways that we have made split pushing powerful is like, well, let me like split on side for a while and exhaust the enemy's tp and then you know like do it again and then tp to barons i like, love it the rotatoes <laughs> it's yeah. like it's 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 not a very like speedy gameplay loop so it's like yeah. it takes like five minutes to resolve it's just kind of like oh god like you could lower you could lower the tp cooldowns sometimes you just lower them significantly just, yeah just, just, instead yeah. of burning flash on a five minute cooldown, everybody just has flash up Every time for a team fight. You Have you heard of this game called Dota 2? They have this item called Blink Dagger. Uh, you could just start with one of those. How, how degenerate is League of Legends when everyone has Blink Dagger level flash 1? Flash on 30 second cooldown, I'm telling you. What if Hex Flash was just normal Blink Flash? Level one. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Cooldown's a little longer. <laughs> Mobility creep wasn't an issue already, but here we go. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I think we'll probably wrap it there. It's like a final note. Uh, Mark, I liked your question about meta, but do you are you allowed to have favorites for the tournament or like a team that you think is most likely to win? Are you are you allowed to have? I don't know if that's considered like, I can't imagine that's considered bias. You're not in eSports, so who's who's your favorite to win it all? <laughs> Mr. Froxen. Hmm. I mean, the favorite is is pretty clearly t1 in my opinion going in they just looked so dominant but yeah. uh they did they did didn't they Dagda? they did look yeah. dominant did you like watching them Dagda? sorry yeah, continue, yeah. continue. Yeah. but i don't know I, I don't know if that's i don't know if that's the rest of the teams just like kind of being not so great from all the roster swaps and stuff um but definitely by the eye test they look they look pretty damn powerful um so did i mean rng looks pretty strong too i will say there yeah. you go yeah, I think you, you covered both there. You say LCK, LPO. I think the, <laughs> yeah. the fans are going to be happy. You de if you really come out here and say NA, they're going to be concerned. But you also said that you're not banning Orn if it's good in NA. So that that made me happy. That was my favorite part, personally. <laughs> or nerfing Orn. Um, so yeah, dude, thank you so much for taking the time to talk us through that. I'm excited to see if any of the high power picks that you talked about come through or if there are any yeah. big sleeper ops that none of us have seen if you guys can get caught off guard <laughs> um but yeah thank you again for taking the time yeah welcome thanks for having me all right thanks again to uh froxen difficult name to type i'm gonna spell it now p-h-r-o-x-z-o-n if you're looking for him f-r-o-c-k-z-e-n -E if Frox. you're trying to pronounce it but <laughs> yeah. there's a ph in there because gamers are edgy x and anywhere, anywhere you can fit an X in, you put it in. X.
I like it. Uh, anyway, so we've talked a lot about the teams. We talked about groups, talked about some of our players. But now it's time to talk about the individual matches. Of course, you, you guys aren't going to hear from us again until uh, stage two or right before stage two. So we can obviously look back. But looking forward to the surprise of no one, first on the most hype, most interesting matchup list is G2 versus EG. And we're getting it four times. So here's the thing. I have opinions. Mark has opinions. But... Does, we're biased. Does Dagger have opinions? Well, That's the is, thing. I That's like what I want to know. I want to know. This is going to be the decider, right? Like, this is how you just shut up either side. Whoever wins this, it just feels like it's indisputable. Who's won this? You say that, but we always find a way to dispute, and then there's memes about <laughs> well, it. There's always B2 and A memes, uh, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Dagda, as an outside perspective, yeah. having looked at both of these teams, who, who, like, how do you expect this game to play out? We've already talked to the G2 are the favorites for the group, but, like, what are you? who are the biggest factors? Who are the players that you're looking at? Like, what are you most interested to keep an eye on in the game itself? Yeah, I actually think this is a really interesting matchup just because, like, you look at G2, it's like Yankos and Captus in the jungle, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're not a team that's particularly active in the early stages. They're much more about, hey, we're going to, like, play towards objectives and set up that and make sure we're getting a really strong mid-game. And then you look across at EG and they're kind of like, hey, how much resources can we funnel into Danny? Like, mm-hmm. can we get this guy up and running? So it feels like it's kind of that counter weight of like okay well can Danny be set up to basically be the major carry in these team fights or a G2M to get like the objective control that they have which I think is better yeah. and like play through that so I think this is going to be a super interesting matchup I think the the I think I lean on the side of G2 just because I think the the mid jungle being able to like flex a bit onto Danny in the bot lane is going to be really hard but um, I still think like EG, like this isn't a like clear cut oh G2 are going to win I still think if he like if Danny actually gets the ball rolling I think EG can take over in team fights. I think the, yeah, I, I big agree. I think <laughs> for people who hadn't watched the the lower bracket run from EG, even when they were 3 0 and like winning games in 25 minutes, like Danny died level two, level yeah. three multiple times. He dies a lot in lane. Yeah. Him and Vulcan. They, yeah. they are not, like, it's not like they're, they're, let's just say they're not great laners. Like, you, you can exploit them. And I think for Targamus and Flak, that's, Flak, that's what's going to be like the question for me, especially with the, the bot lane meta changing a little bit with picks. Danny's at his best in like mid to late game team fighters who can have agency in team fights and can pop off. So like Tristana was a big one. His Zeri got a ton of pen kills. His Jinx yeah. is obviously insane. Um, and we don't really know what the meta is. And if it's just like immobile standard front to back team fighters, that's actually not as good for him despite him being insane. Well, maybe it is, but we just, he's young. We haven't seen everything out of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's like, 1v9, I will carry the game if you spoon feed me, especially on these picks. I don't know if the meta will be good for that though. That is, that's kind of the big thing. And I think, I think it just feels like a lot of people have that read at this point, just because it's so easy to see those deaths in lane and be like, and well, there's so many of those games. Or if you're G2, you're like, we're, we're going to be eating good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like focused. And, you know, and like, and obviously already you're going up against a pretty difficult mid jungle. And I think Inspired yeah. and Jojo have shown themselves to be pretty solid, but like Caps and Yankos are like, can be insanely aggressive. They can also play more passive. They're, yeah. They're world-class players. They're accomplished world-class players, and that's always going to be a point of contention. But, like, if at any point you ignore your bot lane and suddenly Flack gets, like, I don't know, playing some kill lane on some MF stuff, I don't know what's going to be good in the meta. Yeah. Um, and they're actually just down. There's a point where you are too far down. And while they never really hit that point in the games that they were able to 3-0, that point does exist. And there's going to be a point where, like, you just do not have time or resources to get Danny to that point where he can 
carry. And he's fantastic in that position. But there's just going to be a world where you can't get him there. And those are the games where I feel like EG yeah. just falls apart. I feel like a little side story for this as well is like the Polish Shungo matchup again. Because I'm oh, actually really yeah. excited to see this, especially for Inspired. It feels like you kind of got a bit to prove, right? MVP, then you go across the NA. It's like, I made the right choice. Like, I am just want to smack EU out of the competition and show that EG has this. Like, <sighs> I think true. that's just going to be really sick to see. I feel like if, if there's ever a time for Inspired to pop off, like these games are it. Well, and I'm also excited too, because like kind of domestically, especially last year in the mad year, we were looking at all these junglers uh, and G2 had a ton of reasons, but one of the things we were looking at a lot was there's a lot of junglers that felt like were surpassing Yanko, yeah, the Uppercomers, kind of passing Yoya. the baton, yeah. you know, to the El Yoyas and the Inspires of the world. And maybe Yankos was just going to be old man Yankos now. And then obviously G2 resurgence, they're really strong again this year. So to me, even though I'm sure Yankos literally does not care about any of this, to me, it feels almost like setting right the record from last well, year where he was falling short to a lot of these junglers. And that was a could have been a lot more to do with G2 team dynamics. We know that team was a dumpster fire. <laughs> just to say it how it was. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that that is also a super cool part of it. Not just like Polish jungle pride or like ven- revengeance from Inspired's angle that he made the right choice to leave. But also Jankos, who's had a, a fantastic season and obviously fantastic playoffs, smacking down one of the kids that was giving him shit last year, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like sometimes players don't care about the narratives, but fans still do. Yeah, like, I don't care if you don't, <laughs> want us talking about you getting old or like getting surpassed or whatever you know like you don't care you're just gonna play your game and i respect that but yeah. like fans are talking about it well, uh, yeah it's like with the jojo pune thing we talked about earlier caps yeah. might not care about the jojo pune trash talk at all he might throw a little trash talk back but i guarantee all of the fans care yeah and i guarantee all the fans care sometimes too much but they they care yeah they're invested yeah you know? yeah, yeah, yeah for sure yeah, and I know we talked a lot about Danny as well, kind of be the new kid on the block, but it's also like Flacken as well, if you're kind yeah. of looking at that stage, right? And it feels like G2 over the course of playoffs kind of like learn to play around him a lot more. So I'm kind yeah. of curious to see like if Flacken kind of has those pop-off moments and it's like, yeah, screw you, Danny. I'm the new kid. This is where it is. Because well, there's so much conversation coming from NA about, about like Danny, Danny. is. Yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like, nah, son, it's me. It's me. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's big too because you talk about like the, the carries that, um, you know, Danny likes to play, these big hyper carries. And I think that, it's not like Flacked was completely out of it. Everyone is playing those yeah, similar champions. Yeah. And the reason I think that Broken Blade is able to play Orn and that G2 prioritized picks like Orn is because it better enables those champions. And so if we do see a world where we're getting those spicy Broken Blade crazy counter picks and it's not just tank v tank, as maybe we expected to be on the top side of the map, um, so much changes. Suddenly Danny's out of his comfort zone, but suddenly G2 might be back to a style that they did not look as comfortable with, which was playing away from bottom side or having this like three-man top side and kind of leaving, let's say, Flacket and Targibus on their own little island. I, I think it's interesting. Maybe this is a misread by me not being as involved with the scene, but it felt like Flacket was kind of disrespected as well for, not disrespected, but like, oh, Targamus is the good part of that bot lane and he's the one that got a lot of attention. It seemed like to me, outside looking into the region, that mm-hmm. like whenever I heard people talking about that and it felt like he was not paid a ton of attention to of of G2 until the the run when they started changing their play style back to be more bot lane centric and that changed a lot in playoffs but it, yeah. it felt like during the regular season I did not hear that much about him sure maybe maybe it's just me living under a rock I, and no no no, no I, but I, I do think it's fair in the sense that like I wouldn't say that he I don't want to say that he was like overhyped or underhyped. I think he has a very passionate fan base, which always will probably make people feel like <laughs> I brought up the. <laughs> I, I tweeted this and then I deleted because I like I didn't want it to sound like I was shading Carzy because I wasn't trying to, but it was just like that random guy, the, the, the Mad Lions, Lions guy, Lions guy, and then like He's six months later, six months later, Flack <laughs> yeah. is in an international tournament. You know, like I wasn't trying to shade Carzy. It's just funny that that happened, and now here he is. Yeah, uh, that's that's the niche joke. Most people forgot about that. Yeah, but I, remember, I, I brought yeah, it up. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, I, I think that Flacco just like was like solid, and I think that they didn't play to him a lot, and they often put him on on things where he just was chilling, and he was chilling, and Targumus yeah. was roaming, and I don't think that like he was necessarily set up to shine, and you can see what he looks like when he has more resources, yeah. and the team is built better to support him, and it doesn't even necessarily need to come in the form of them camping his lane, but just playing compositions where he actually has the tools and resources to front line. support him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> turns out a front line, nope. pretty good. Turns out Yone Top not great for your eighty carry. <laughs> Who would have thought? Doesn't do a lot for you. We actually had like a telestrator plan for uh, the playoffs, which was like G two versus Fnatic from playoffs the first time they played. And it's just like. Dragon Pit, Flacket is like completely off on his own and yep. everyone else is pieced out into the pit. And, and you can so see <laughs> Flacket just go like, lads, what the stuff? Wonder flashes yeah. on him, humanoid flashes on him. Just like that poor man. Yeah. <laughs> Someone help him. I remember that. that was, those, those fights were so awkward because it was like, yeah, it was like the Capsule Sandra games where all yeah. of G2 was going in and Flacket's like, so I'm Aphelios and I have <laughs> no <scratch>. dashes. <laughs> and then suddenly uh, Fnatic's just like over the wall under you. You go Flash Gale Force and you get your butt in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love Flash Gale Force. I can't even knock that. Flash Gale Force Aphelios into like pushing two buttons and dying in glorious fire. <laughs> you're getting in there and you're trying to get your like chuckrums going. <laughs> your chuckrum or your like Q blue Q into snare into alt or whatever. Just yeah, some degenerate yeah. stupid combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I got a little affiliates. Um, All right, moving on to another game. G two Ichi. Yeah. Well, we're running short on time, so let's give let's give high level. There's two games worth watching. One of them, uh, Red Cannons versus the Istanbul Wildcats. Historic rivalry, Turkey versus Brazil. You guys might not have a stake in it, but keep your eyes on Twitter. You might need to do some Google translating, but there will be words <laughs> flying back and Spicy. forth. Embrace yourself, Western audience, because this is one going to be hype, even if these guys aren't favorites for the group. I think that one's going to be interesting. But the last one we could talk about for a few minutes here, uh, obviously, Detonation Focus Me versus Saigon Buffalo, because this is this is it. They're fighting with T1, uh, you know, fighting for second place underneath T1, as expected. And this is this is the game that will probably decide this group short of some pretty major upsets from Ace. Yeah, I think uh, for me, uh, I'm looking a little bit more towards the top lane. Evi has been, there's been a lot of good, like play from the LGL players over, over the, the years, the international play, but especially him yep. has been the one where people I mean, are like, he is legit and I want to see what he can do against Hazmed, who has been, he came in for Saros, I think, uh, one of the earlier people to join Saigon Buffalo, if I'm getting mm -hmm. my, my facts right here. Um, so he he is also going to play a lot of crazy stuff in the top lane, a lot of carries. His most played, Jace, Gwen, Vane Top is his third most played this season. Uh, so yeah, you can get a little feel for for what kind of shenanigans are going to be going on in the top lane. I bet because you always have like the Urgot for Evie and like these kind of like weird. Yeah, things I'm he ready for it. Like to see how weird it's gotten to you know, and to see what else is going to get pulled out on the new patch because it is going to be. That's the other thing too with the meta. We talked to Matt about this earlier too. There's going to be a lot of new stuff that we weren't necessarily ready for. And Evie's always never been a stranger to busting out new wild stuff. And obviously VCS has never, never, never been a stranger to busting out. Like they're, <laughs> they're the Zinzao mid region. That was the first popular pick when their server came out. So I'm like, I'm not here to knock it. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I think the the player I'm also watching on DFM is like Steel. I think he's been here for a while, and I think it's good yeah. to see him kind of bring out some of the because we've seen a lot of Nocturne from him. I think even having like the counter pick of the Poppy and stuff as well is always super interesting to see how he can try to set up um, different plays. And then Udipon as well in the bot lane has just yeah. been stellar like for such a long time as well. It does feel like just pound for pound. Every time I see Detonation Focus Me like show up at a main stage, it's just like this team looks substantially better than they did. I think the biggest question mark is just the new mid laner for DFM, right? Yeah, wrong. Yeah. Um, the fact that they lost, um, and I can't believe I'm blanking on his name, uh, the big Ari player. 
He's gone now. Aria. Uh, God. <laughs> is it Aria? I've no, thrown no, us no, all no. under the bus. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. They, they changed out their mid mid uh, support from last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The support is a positive change because Kazu was obviously not the support that they wanted to be playing. Aria. Aria. Sorry, Aria. Sorry, Aria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, wait, big Ari player. His name can't be Aria. Like, <laughs> you said Aria. Like, 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 there was like, there's no way. I knew there, that he had played on DFM, but I didn't know he was the, the last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Professional. Because Ari was a beast. And I think that's like the biggest question mark for me is like, how do you try and slot me in there? But yeah, um, yeah I think for, for Saigon Buffalo, it's just more so like, how did they hold up in lane? Because I think when I was watching them against Gigabyte Marines, there was like a couple of times where they looked a little bit shaky with like the way they're positioned in lane. And I think if you start to give these early leads to detonation focus, me, I mean, we've seen them, like the stats that are coming out for this team, like they just destroy early game and then bottle you, like completely bottle you late yep. game. Like it feels so hard to win against this team if they've got this early. Yeah, I think that's what's always made DFM stand out compared to a lot of the other emerging minor regions was that they had a, a pretty solid actual like mid to late game macro yep. sense and that's not going to change even even with aria being swapped out and stuff like you still have the same coaching staff evie and steel have been there with Utapon for like five years and even it's though they swapped insane. gang as well you know like i think that they can all get on the same page if they are getting these leads in the yep. early game i uh, completely agree and that's something that we've seen because we've seen so many teams start off with strong early leads i think back to uh i think it was actually yeah, red cannons last year against i think lng where yeah. they played like zed mid and it was useless and they were winning early game but then it all just <laughs> fell apart because they weren't they couldn't close that game out right yeah. and that's the and that's that's the struggle you have to be able to do that and that's one of the things that makes dfm such a threat and we'll see what they can do against Saigon buffalo those are our matches to watch you can tune in uh this tuesday it's 10 a.m if you are in cet pst it is 1 a.m early early morning or late late night depending on where you are at uh, if you are in dgen hours in na shout out to you this is your perfect <laughs> viewing bracket if not sucks it is what it is brace yourself uh, wait for worlds baby wait for worlds <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's gonna be better uh that game four of the day eg versus g2 gonna be an absolute banger tune in for that one this has been episode one of Diphoria. thanks again to mark c and Dada for joining me as well as matt and <laughs> i love your name so much. <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> forgot how to pronounce it then remember the x froxen shout out to froxen frox good life froxen <laughs> anyway this has been the episode one. We'll see you guys later. Watch MSI. Woo!